Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, and on the biggest platform in radio, podcast, iHeartRadio. And as always, Block Talk Radio, your host, Oscar Lopez here, episode 297. And we are going to be talking to uh, two uh, recent inductees of the 2019 Women's Hall of Fame, legendary quarterback of the uh, Pittsburgh Passion, IWFL superstar, WFA superstar, that would be Lisa Horton. And then we are going to be talking to Coach Soho uh, Tillman Brooks, legendary coach in the IWFL as well as in the WFA with the Houston Energy and the Austin Yellow Jackets. And we are having our two co-hosts today, as always, WFA and WNFC star Holly Custis. And later in the hour, we will have the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks. As we have the NFL week to talk about, we have college football to kind of dive into, especially with the committee of the college football playoffs coming up here as well. We got action in Europe in terms of championships in Czechoslovakia, uh, Austria, hotbed there, just three weeks in into FX Mexico and Lexva. And we're going to be diving into Gridiron Australia as three leagues in play there as well. So uh, got a lot, of, a lot of things to dive into. So we'll get into it today. We've got Lisa Horton coming in and Coach Soho also in the house. And you can always dive into anything that you miss during the week that we're going to be talking about here on the podcast. Always dive into at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Check it out there. Weekly insights, stories, updates, and you get everything that's going on, especially right now, Lexva week three, uh, FX Mexico week three, and then we're going to dive into obviously the Europe scene as well. So let's bring in our co-host here, which is the return of Holly Custis and her uh, undefeated 49ers. That's hard for me to say. Undefeated 49ers, Holly. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I well, mean, like uh, the. The Cardinals, uh, I will tell you, though, the Cardinals are really a a feisty team, and I think with the addition of Drake, their offense is a bit more balanced. Um, So, you know, not to take anything away from the Cardinals, because I think the Cardinals are maybe a year or two away from being pretty competitive. They still have some holes, but um, they definitely have some talent. And, you know, for us to kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit and to be able to pull out that, that win... And to hang on at the end, I think, is really exciting, uh, especially considering our defense didn't play very well. I feel like we might be a little bit on the banged-up side, 
Plus, um, the Cardinals' newfound balance really kind of put us off a bit. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that Jimmy had to, to uh, pull it out for us, and he had four touchdown passes. And it's encouraging to, to see that in the eight wins, we've won a whole assortment of different ways. Um, so we'll see how that uh, helps us down the stretch. All right, Ali. So feeling uh, feeling good, baby. Hashtag, right? Is that what you're working with right now? Feeling good so yes, far. Yes, feeling feeling good, but a lot more work to do for sure. All right. Um, we have a, a, a interesting article on from People.com on Katie Sowers. So we don't know if Sowers magic has made made this uh, undefeated season happen as well. But I'm pretty sure she's contributing as much as any other coach on that team. Um, there are pieces that have acquired. They were acquired on this team, of course, Sherman, and then we have Sanders now. Um, obviously, the offensive line was a little bit dinged up, as it is still, but you have some people coming back. So, uh, overall, uh, I agree with you. I think this was probably the biggest test. I don't think the Rams were as big of a test as this, I, just given the fact that they hadn't beaten this team in a long, long time. So, it was really nice to see that, I guess, on that side of it. Oh, yeah, and – and it's one of those things when we, the last couple of years, have been not as competitive. You know, we are reaching the point where we're, you know, breaking a lot of uh, losing streaks against certain teams. Like, I think we broke one against the Rams, we broke one against the Cardinals. Um, and then the big test, of course, is this next Monday against the Seahawks. And, you know, it's, it's not just um, a rival-type game. It's a game that has... <clears throat> NFC uh, playoff seeding implications, and I mean, it's one of those things that I feel like uh, if we're able to get the Seahawks win, uh, I think it's really going to help us in the playoff push. Our back end of our schedule gets a bit tougher. You know, I don't think we're going to end up 16 and 0, and honestly, I don't want us to be 16 and 0 because, frankly. As a Niners fan, we're not used to to winning. This group is not used to winning like that, and so I do. You know, I would be totally fine if we ended up like 14 and two, and then you know got that loss out of the way, and were able to get our bearings going into the playoffs, rather than trying so hard to get to 16 and 0 and being flat in the playoffs. However, I don't want that loss to be against the Seahawks just because you know they're our rival. <laughs> wow, Holly, and you live in that area. And we have Seahawks fans oh, just yeah. listening to you right now. Oh, it's it's been awesome to be able to, like, I always wear my Niner stuff anyway, but I feel like I'm able to, like, wear it, and people don't look at me, like, with a sense of irony. They're like, oh, okay. Like, I actually maybe kind of have respect them now, even though they, they don't <laughs> like us still. Like, I'm getting more, like, So you're not getting okay, free coffee in right. Seattle, is that what you're saying? You're not getting free coffee. Yeah, no, I, I was no. never going to get the free coffee. But, before, <laughs> like, the last couple of years when I've worn the Niners, so they kind of just kind of laugh at me. Now they're kind of like, okay, and they start to think about it a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's a good team. It's a good squad. Um, and, like you said, uh, a little bit of defensive banged up. I think we're into week, you know, what, nine now, almost ten. There's, that's going to yeah. happen. Durability is going to be an issue Everybody going forward. So. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's no issue to it. Um, so let's talk about Monday night since we got we're into the conversation already. Um, Seattle comes off that just getting edged over Tampa. Mike Evans played pretty well. Uh, Tampa Bay just seems to be they put up points. In other words, they're they, they're averaging over 30 points a game. So they're really really good squad there. 
Um, so Seattle gets away 40 to 34. This is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, this is going to be a big test for both of these teams because this is basically the, uh, you know, who's going to be the front runner for the division title. If Seattle wins here, that takes down San Francisco up the undefeated, um, given the Lamar Jackson show against Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, this this Seahawks Niners game, I expect it to be pretty much a boxing match. I, I think the there's an advantage that the Niners are playing at home, um, especially right now, because if we were to play in Seattle right now, I feel like it would be, it's usually pretty hard to play, but I feel like it would be even harder. Um, and I feel like playing at home is an advantage. I feel like the Seahawks will probably try to stop the run and stack the boss on us. So the fact that Jimmy was able to connect with Sanders, having that piece is such a big deal because we, we were missing that. The only deep threat we had really that was consistent was Kettle. And now that we have Sanders as well, it opens everything up. And so I feel like the fact that, that Jimmy was able to help us win against the Cardinals will help us against the Seahawks because their secondary is not that great. The the Tampa Bay Bucks proved that, you know, Winston pretty much got what he wanted downfield on them. So I think that's an advantage that uh, we will definitely have. Um, I think also playing Kyle Murray helps us prepare for playing uh, Wilson. They're both really slippery in the backfield. I think um, I think Murray might be uh, a more natural runner downhill, but the, I think Russell's a bit more slippery. <laughs> But still, playing a player like that is hard to emulate in practice. So playing Kyler Murray last week hopefully will help the defense prepare for for Russell. Um, but I expect it to be a dogfight for sure. Yeah, this is what this is what fans want. Um, I think it's probably going to be a better Monday night game, uh, but one of the better ones that we've seen so far this season. If it turns out the way it is, um, we have. Were you shocked that the Ravens? really did so well for the first two quarters against uh, Patriots, uh, you know, daunted defense. It apparently was, you know, supposed to be this great defense. But this guy's another dimension. It's like a Michael Vick. He just basically kind of, you know, took the game onto himself and started uh, kind of like showcasing some of the defects that uh, New England has. But as most fans on Twitter were like, oh, my God, you know, this is the downfall. This is the downfall. Well, technically it's week eight. This is not the downfall. New England doesn't fall in the middle of the season. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it was a – I'm not surprised about the game, honestly, for, for a few reasons. Firstly, um, I don't think that the Patriots defense was as good as people were thinking, and it was primarily because of who they were playing. Um, and just like we were talking about before, when you face somebody like a Lamar Jackson, you can't – it's really hard to emulate. You can't emulate that with Tom Brady. They're just not the same type of person. And so that is difficult. But when I was watching Lamar play against them, they're, especially in the first, like, quarter and a half to two quarters, their defense just, they, they were not reading well. They were out of position. And I think the, the, the only surprising thing to me, honestly, was that they were so far out of position in the first half. It seemed like they kind of adjusted in the second half to, when it started to become more of a game. 
<clears throat> but, you know, I think you have to give also a lot of credit to the Ravens, and you have to give a lot of credit to Lamar. He, he you know, did it against Seattle. He did it against the Patriots. And oh, I think yeah. he's really coming into his own. And I, I feel like when you watch him, his decision-making has gotten better since last year. He seems more comfortable, more confident. He he is really fast. Like, when he gets in open space, he's really fast. But I think what people are missing is how good of a passer he is. He's not necessarily the strongest arm downfield, but he's making good decisions to get the ball to the right people. Uh, um, he exposed the Patriots a lot with their tight ends. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a benefit. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the Patriots, their biggest problem, honestly, is is the offense. The defense, I feel like, kind of had a wake-up call, but they'll adjust. Um, do I think it's the end-all, be-all of the Patriots? No. And I will never say it's the end-all, be-all with the Patriots ever until Belichick and or Brady are gone because we have seen this play out so many times where the Patriots just look really lost and awful, but they will win when it matters, and they will find a way to win. So, no, Ollie, I don't think it's the Ollie, end of the world yet, for the Patriots. <laughs> unless you get divorced, that's part of the only time. Oh, yeah. Because it's not good for you. It's not good for you to say that either, <laughs> you know? You know, I, but you are right in that it's really weird being like married to a Patriots fan weird. because now I've I've watched enough Patriots football. I mean, I I did in passing before, but now I'm like, I know all the players like more, and I'm like, God, like yep. I wouldn't call myself a Patriots fan, but now like I definitely like I'm following them. I'm like, what happened? I don't know how this happened, but the same it's the same in the reverse. Now she's like a half Niners fan as well, so I guess it's marriage. Yeah, and then, you know what? Troy's talked about it, right, in the past when he was here. He said right. the same thing you're saying here, right? That you, you can't count this team out. This is just this this is the right. second half. This is this is 0 and one for them. And they're gonna just use that right. as a okay, we, we got beat, right? Now we gotta go mm-hmm. back and, and put in the work. They could literally go five straight, six straight, right? And still or right. lose two or three. Their their attitude is no different. They just gotta win the division. They then they punch their ticket in and the new season starts when they punch their ticket, it's really their mentality. It's next man up. And that's why I was like on Twitter, everybody's like, yeah, it's fine. They took him down the, you know, the evil empire. You haven't done anything. You just beat them in that's one it. good week. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one, it's and one hats off to Jackson. Yeah. Hats, <laughs> on, uh, hats off to Jackson. As to your, as to your point, very talented. Uh, he's got an eye for, uh, you know, the gaps. He's got an eye for uh, the, the outside non-containment he sees it instantly and then he goes and so that's what he was doing for the first two quarters I used to I just kind of like figured it out and go are they really going to get a beat down today and then you already knew that after the second half they were going to adjust it somehow you know I mean they're not going to just roll over Um, they were going to come back and do it especially with uh, Brady and everybody else Um, let's uh, let's talk to uh, our Hall of Famers here before and then we'll get back to uh monday night when the salty one gets here as well so we should be here but uh, holly um before we bring in our uh, uh, no joke football huddle uh, hall of famers here um what can you say about lisa horton right now well i think when you think about the last 15 20 years of women's football and you talk about like the best players she's 
she's in that group. She's in, she's, she has that name recognition that people know who she is. Even like, even the people out here on the West coast that we don't normally, you know, we didn't normally play her team very often. Everybody knew who she was and it's because she worked really hard. She was very consistent over the years, which is hard to do. You know, let me tell you, the older you get and the longer you play, it is hard to get to maintain that consistency. And one of the things I was always impressed with her is that year in and year out, no matter what was happening, no matter if she's banged up or not, she produced. And I think she is an icon in that city and definitely with women's football. All right. So let's go in the huddle now, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to Zazzle, 15% off everything at the shop. All the new logo, modern logo, everything, leggings, hoodies. Go to uh, Zazzle.com. Use the code ZazzleThanks, and you can get your gear right there. Free shipping. You subscribe to Zazzle Black, and you get it pretty much within a couple of days and sometimes two-day turnaround. So check it out. Go to Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for about six years, supporting the podcast, bringing awareness to women's American football. Check it out. Use the code Save Big. All right, let's bring in the legendary quarterback, Lisa Horton of the Pittsburgh Passion. Lisa, how's it going? Great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. I good. hope you have your uh, your coffee right next to you. We're good. We're going to just mingle out here. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's a chatting chatting time. I mean, what what an uh an honor, a deserving honor for a lot of us that obviously have followed the women's uh tackle football and you you've done it on the flag side as well with the US teams on on that end too. So um, and then Pittsburgh, you know, with a lot of success in Pittsburgh. So, uh, Holly here just kind of put it in a nutshell. I mean, uh, whole, you know, your name is sort of like that Peyton Manning mentality where you know who you, we know who you are and what you've done uh, in terms of the passion. So, uh, when you got the call and here we are, we got to go to Vegas and now you're in the hall. So, how did, how did it feel? Uh, obviously, it was just overwhelming. It's, it's it's awesome to represent Pittsburgh and represent you know the passion over these years. And um, you know I thank you for uh, giving us some some time uh, just to recognize our team. And uh, you know it's 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 overwhelming in the sense that like there's a lot of great players that played throughout the years, not just 15, 20, but 20, 25. And you know just be considered in that in that group is it's an honor. And it and it. It doesn't take – it's it's not one player doing it, too. It's, there's a lot of great players that play throughout the years um, that, you know, I'm representing. So, it's an honor. Uh, Lisa, the, the evolution of the sport uh, is, is changing, right? we got two prominent leagues now. Yep. Everybody competitive. Uh, you've seen it since the beginning, since you started your career. Uh, we get to the to the level here where we go through your career – and different leagues, you've done it in, you know, in the IWFL, you did it in the WFA, um, very competitive on the East Coast, uh, more so, I think, more so than the West mm-hmm. Coast. So, you know, you got the Bostons, the DCs, uh, all those teams that are normally, you know, you guys would face on a weekly basis more than once. Um, so you think the sport, the birth of the American sport in, in North America really is on the East Coast wing at this point for durability, for because that's where the names come about, right? The the Hamlins, the Adrian Smiths, the Cahills. There's a lot of names that we throw out for women's football, but a lot of them are on the East Coast. Not so much that we don't know about the West Coast, but for the most part, it looks like, you know, women's football is, is in that swing of the East Coast. 
Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, over the, the evolution of it, I, I think when, when football started out, probably more so on the East Coast and then it evolved out to the West Coast, I wouldn't I, nowadays, and I'm not a history buff with football, um, but from coaching lens of East versus West, mm-hmm. I, you know, I coached the All-Star game this year. It was a very competitive All-Star game. Um, of course, we've had some amazing battles and games on the East Coast, and but, you know, it's all relative. I think, I'm sure that there are games out on the West Coast as well. So I don't you know, while I'm representing the East Coast, and there's many talents across the board from D.C. to Boston to New York, depending on the year, um, you know, I think the game's evolved for sure and grown, and the West Coast is catching up. So it's, there. you know, there's definitely a competitive level across the country from my lens now and coaching it. Uh, Lisa, the, the, the sport has grown so much that, now we have a, a visibility. We're growing towards that visibility. You know, WNFC TV last, last year, WFA, mm-hmm. uh, everything's kind of a changing, in other words. This is where we wanted to be is what I'm getting at. This is what the next level of awareness where we wanted to be, where people understand the sport and get to understand that this is a relevant sport, no different than softball, basketball, tax, you know, a- anything, lacrosse, soccer in that sense. Um in your mm-hmm. time in Pittsburgh, is was the passion, you know, people drawn to the passion at this point? I know they're, you know, locally they probably know what the passion is, but in the whole scope of the game, uh, we know you, we know the team, the history of the team. It's it's really, like I was t- uh, talking to Andrea Douglas a while back, um, it's sort of like a stapled franchise, in other words. Yeah, but that, I mean, we got to that point, and I, I will, you know, it's, First and foremost, Teresa Khan has done amazing things with our team um, in, you know, in bringing in Franco Harris as one of our co-owners as well. But, you know, it, does, it, takes, it takes a plan. It takes a very strategic plan to get to where we've grown um, going into our 18th year. Um, I was part of the original, and from, from grassroots of playing, like, with your, part, you know, your, your lights on and playing in the winter for practicing with snow on the ground, and we've evolved the game. Like, it, it took a plan not only – you know, to recruit coaches and quality coaches, but marketing plan, identifying key stakeholders in the community. Um, and she, she did an amazing job with that and still does to this day. So I think it depends on, it depends on capacity and the team and, and, and who you have as the stakeholders to grow, grow, the, grow the team in your city. Um, but T was, she's a genius in, in terms of doing that because the relationships we have here, and it was like a p- perfect storm. I mean, we had, we had the media. We had, we had games on air, on TV, on tape replay, and, and it was just we were lucky. And it, it's not just luck. I mean, it's the way. It just you know, it, there there was a plan behind that, is what I'm saying. And a and a, a strong group of leaders, um, a lot of them that played, that also brought their skill set to the table to also help, you know, um, run earlier on in the years between like the 2004, 2008, nine era. Lisa, uh, tell us a little bit of your beginning. Your <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Um, tell us a little bit about your beginning. Uh, you're going to go in the hall. Uh, obviously, you started from, you know, before the passion. You were playing other sports. And then you get to Pittsburgh. Um, your success in Pittsburgh is well-documented and chronicled. And um, I think really it says a lot about your durability in the sport. I know you've had injuries in the past, obviously, like everybody else. Uh, but it says a lot about your team and the, the fact that you 
when you're up you know, under center, sort of like this, you know, Aaron Rodgers mentality where you, you got your team, you know, ready for battle and competitive every year. So speak to all that. I mean, it, it, it's a struggle, but also the successes are so well, you know, received in terms of all the wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, first and foremost, we were blessed with great coaches. Um, when I started out and we went through different, you know, in any team and in, in growth, you go through different seasons and different like skill sets of like, I guess, identities of the team. So we started off as a very pro style team. Um, as we changed some coaches, went to a wing tee. So, it was, you know, <laughs> um, Army, Navy, we were very much a wing tee um, for two or three years and then moved back to the spread. So, you know, from a, from a growth standpoint, it really they, they, it depended on our athletes and, and the, you know, adapting to what our athletic skill was from a, you know, I'm speaking from an offensive set right now, um, but really how we evolved from that. And it, you know, it, I was just blessed and it was a pleasure just to learn each playbook and, and grow with it. So now you, you can identify, you know, you can look at certain players and their skill sets and be like, okay, yeah, that's a fullback, that's a tight end, that's an H-back, that's a receiver. But it, you, the involvement of that, that takes time and just the, through the process. Um, and we, you know, I was really, like I said, it was fortunate just to, we had years that we had strong lines, so we ran the ball. <laughs> years where maybe the the size of our line weren't the same, so we spread it out and ran the spread game. So, um, you know, the involvement of, you know, our team and just the sport, it's really really cool to watch and witness. But as you watch the sport now, from the the small college to college level and even in the pro, um, there's a lot of, you know, that you see that in in what we're doing in Pittsburgh and in a lot of the teams across the league. Lisa, uh, great uh, accomplishments in both leagues, WFA as well as IWFL, and you guys won multi-championships in the uh, IWFL. So can you speak to those mm-hmm. teams that obviously got you to that level and, and got you to hoist that, those trophies? Oh, geez. Yeah, I, it, again, a different – you know, our first first championship in 2007 was uh, – that was a lot of perseverance that year. Um, we took two or three – prior years to get to that that 07 we had to beat Cleveland three times and that was that was actually with the NWFA um down mm-hmm. in Nashville so we you know that team very gritty very you know the the game has changed in the sense that like even the athletes um but there a lot of sacrifices made back then and we we ran the ball a lot we do a lot of play action um and just every that, that was and they're they're all every every win is awesome every championship's awesome but that was you know obviously being the first and then how we did it um, that year to beat Cleveland and and they had have some significant wins was a, a great year, um, you know and then when we when we had moved over to IWFL that you know you know, fourteen was an amazing run, um, you know, we had we had a lot I mean I would say we we moved more of the spread spread style offense, a lot of zone, and um, it, it mixed 50-50. But that, that year, and just the athletes, again, it was just it was awesome just to be a part of it. Um, and 15, again, to play Utah, and that was that was a tough – that was a, that was one of those uh, – a championship game that were – it was a it was a good battle. Um, it went back and forth, and it was like a, a game that you want to end at, as far as a, a championship game. So – all, all great. It, again, it's all relative, like different years and different people. Um, but uh, overall, the over, you know, coming together for a common goal to win the championship 
with that theme every year. You get to see a lot of um, kind of like fanfare now internationally. That's what we cover most of it now internationally, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, the in-season states. Um, you were on Team USA. Uh, the growth internationally, uh, you're, you've seen it firsthand. You saw it in Vancouver. Uh, the Mexico team coming into play, Great Britain. Um, does that excite you, the fact that we have a, a, a total buzz internationally now for the sport? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, I'm blown away. And I've been I was just recently, just because I knew I was going to interview tonight, which I don't usually do, just looking at, you mm-hmm. know, what's going on in women's football. I'm just blown away by the growth. Um, you know, in 17, just to go up to Vancouver and ha- have that experience alone was something that, I will take with my whole life. I mean, the skill, you know, the play different countries like Mexico, Canada, um, Great Britain. I mean, that was, was mind blowing. Um, and, and the level of skill and just to be united by one sport was, was awesome. I know it's grown since then um, and it continues to. Um, the World Games, which we were doing, I don't know if they'd have them this year um, down in Florida. Uh, that, was, that was awesome too, just to bring, bring a lot of young talent and just, and just, raw talent uh, up to one venue. Um, we did that at the Saints facility a couple of years in a row, and that was, you know, that was a pleasure just to be a part of and coach um, with with a lot of my fellow coaching staff and whatnot. So um, the the sport's definitely growing, which is encouraging, and it's fun to watch, um, especially from where it started or when I started back in, like, 2002. So um, it's definitely uh, something to keep on the radar. So wish I, something well, I mean, you could do full time at this point, but I do have a day job. Seriously, to watch, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're hoping we're hoping to get a uh, North American championship because in Europe they have a Euro championship every two years. It would be nice to get like mm-hmm. you know a North American championship here with the three countries, which is Canada, Mexico, and maybe even incorporate like a Central America team in that sense. But still working towards it at this oh, point to figure sure. out if IFAB. IFAB's able to kind of just do that because it's sort of like a tune-up and that's what they're doing out there. And a lot of it, you've mm-hmm. played seven on seven and eight on eight and the international game, uh, except for I think Finland, uh, everybody else out there in the inter- international game is usually on uh, eight on eight or nine on nine. So some of them, uh, some of the leagues have not evolved to 11 on 11. Yeah. Because of the fact okay. that, you know, it's a roster issue. Uh, they don't have enough interest, mm-hmm. things like that, but they're playing nine on nine. So that, that in itself, is a big growth. Like Mexico started playing 11 mm-hmm. on 11 this past year, just because of the fact that they arrived in Vancouver and the excitement that they know they have to compete in 2021. So um, mm-hmm. Lisa, is that something that just, you know, you've, you, since you started to where we're, to where we sit today, that's got to blow you away in a way, right? Cause this is where we're at now. The, yeah. the, the huge yeah. scope of interest. It's awesome to see the interest and I, I see a lot a lot more visibility around women's football and I think I know you guys have helped with that a lot of other groups but um that is that's that's awesome to keep on the radar too because I'm so encouraging for a lot of the younger athletes um that are are trying out right now we just had tryouts and you know that's a whole different outlook from and where, where they can go with their careers too so it's, it's pretty cool now you've played on the flag side of things uh also and a lot of players <laughs> From what I hear, uh, you're pretty awesome. From what I hear, you and Adrian and everybody else out there, you guys, it, not just on tackle side, but on the flag side. So what, what, how has that been ex- your, your experience uh, on both sides, like playing on the national team for flag and obviously playing on the tackle team is totally different. But 
flags got to be fun, right? You go to <laughs> Panama, you all these venues and stuff. It is fun. Um, I would not say I, I, you know, I, I started playing flag when I was in actually in DC, um, and, and and playing in in, in DC flag is pretty competitive. It's a Sunday culture. It, it was amazing, and that's where I started learning with uh, Ali. But you know, I, you know, when I played with Team USA, my my it was a whole different perspective. Um, I am a tackle football player. <laughs> there, I do think there's a difference. I know there's a difference from playing it. Um, I had an amazing time and played with some amazing athletes. Um, Stacy, you know, there, there was a great group of ladies. Um, but the, the, the strategy, the tempo, there's a lot of different differences between tackle and flag. Um, it's a great sport, and I love it. I mean, I, played, I grew up playing flag, but at the level of where we played, I mean, like you said, the Central American teams, they're, they're it's ridiculous. And, and, it, and you don't necessarily have to have a certain technique of throwing a football in, in terms of like what you would think you need in flag, if that makes sense, especially in five on five, yeah. totally different strategy, um, but awesome, you know, awesome com- competition. But I, I'm not playing flag right now and currently. I'm just focused on tackle as far as coaching. But awesome. thanks, I appreciate it. I saw it. I mean, everybody had a, a sour sisters had excitement. Everybody was excited, you know, uh, to to be yeah, in that uh, realm in Panama. So. It was really adventurous. Um, mm-hmm. Let's bring in the let's bring in Holly Custis here to pick your brain as well. Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. I know that you've played um, a long time, um, and I just wanted to ask. Uh, I know this is a pretty hard question, but what do you love most about <laughs> football? Wow, that's a pretty loaded question. I, I, what do I love most about football? I, I obviously love the competition, but more importantly, it's the, the relationships and the friendships made over throughout the years. I still have, you know, I have a lot of teammates and friends that I, I know that they're lifelong friends. And, you know, it, you, the bonding that goes on as from beginning to an end of a season and the growth that you just grow as a human <laughs> in general um, is amazing, and I play. You know, I'm really blessed to play the sport for as long as I did. But everything I do, my my job, my, my family, my, my life, you learn on the field. So it's the life lessons, and no pun intended. That's we use, or that's part of our mission statement with the Pittsburgh Passion. Um, you truly learn life lessons through it. So it's the growth that you, you know, what you learn throughout the years um, from people and just from adversity, and you know. From there, that's it. So that's Hope awesome. That your I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely agree with you for sure. Um, and you know, throughout the process, as as you say, one of the best things is connecting with people and connecting with your teammates. And in that process, do you have any um, like funny moments or funny memories that that you've encountered that you want to share? Um, as a player, I, I would, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of the, the road, the road trips, the bus trips, the hotel trips, you know, I think one of my favorite memories, and it would be, you, you would think it's winning a national championship, but we went up to Boston and, you know, we, we, we got, we got it handed to us in Boston. And after that, we, you know, it was the end of the year and season and we just had a great night with our staff, with our medical staff and just, you know, what are you going to do? You're at the end of the season, you're in Boston, and we, we tried our best, right? This is a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like 2012, 13. 
and and you know we we recognized yes we lost and it sucked but we still like celebrated the season. Um, and that night, my you know is one of my top five memories in football. Um, we lost a couple um, staff. Um, our 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 medical our our team doctor we lost her since then. So it's like you realize you know what the sacrifices they made. Um, her name was Tanya Hagen with UPMC. We lost her suddenly. It was just a she she had a brain aneurysm and you know you you remember those times that you took for granted but just for her to come out and party with us after a game was amazing so it's those things that you know that stick out definitely I, I totally get that for sure um, and now that you are coaching how do you approach mm-hmm. a game week differently than when you were a player. <laughs> Well, it's a lot more mental preparation. I, and, and I did a lot as a player, but as a coach, you're thinking about all 11 players and scheme and watching film. There's much more prep time as a coach because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that the player, your, your athletes are prepared, um, that they know the game plan going in. They know it right away um, so that you're focused on that for the week. And then you're coaching up, you're making adjustments. So there's, you, I prepare a lot differently. Um, and you're thinking about everything, weather elements, making sure that they have certain gloves if there's rain. Like I'm, I also, I'm almost, I almost felt like a mom, <laughs> just right. making sure you're taking care of them too, which I did as a player. But you, you know, it's it's totally a different mindset and preparation. So, um, that's, but I enjoy awesome. that as well. Very cool. Uh, and then where do you feel like women's football will be five years from now? Where do I? I'm giving you the heart. Where do I wish it would be? <laughs> I, uh, you, know, you could do both, in a, actually. In a, perfect world, in a perfect world, I wish the leagues would unite. I wish, you know, certain things would be set aside and everyone had one vision and the stakeholders would come together for the betterment of women's football. Um, I that's where I hope it would go and that we'd have more dollars and funding and more of a, a, you know, a a case statement to go to, you know, people that would fund Um, because I do think there's a value in what we're doing and it is marketable. So, but that would be, you want to see the best of the best and all in one platform. And I don't, I, I, you know, with two leagues, it's hard to do that. And I know everyone cares. Everyone's, you know, doing the best they can and believe in what they're doing. But uh, if that could unite, that'd be awesome. You know, I'm sure, you know, they back in when, before the NFL was formed, they went through the same issues. Um, overall, the growth, I, I do, I, I think the international growth is awesome and promising. And if that, that North, North American game happens, that would definitely elevate the sport even more so. Um, it is fun playing different, you know, countries and, just the people you meet through that. So I, I definitely see that growing as well, whether it's truly the Team USA, I, I think that will happen, and then other other world game type of things um, could evolve off of that, kind of what they do with soccer or, or what have you. Awesome. And then I'll leave you with a fun one. Who's your pick for the Super Bowl? <laughs> what two teams in the Super Bowl for you? Oh, geez, tough. Uh, Lisa, Lisa you know, is the Steelers. To... <laughs> well, yeah, they're struggling right now. I'm actually, and I'll, I'll go on record for saying this. I'm born and raised in Cleveland. I'm a, I am not going to ever trade for my hometown team as the Browns, but they have no right, right. Um, and I am a, I do like Pittsburgh as well, just from living here and being here. Um, I, I, I do think 
It's tough. That's a tough one. It's a challenge. You know, the Patriots are, you know, aside from Sunday night game, um, but, I, you know, in Green Bay is looking looking good as well. So I don't, I don't know. San Fran, Green Bay, it's going to be a battle. So probably AFC, probably with Patriots. Awesome. Very cool. Well, congratulations. I think it's well-deserved. Uh, I think you've had an awesome career as a player and as a coach, and I'm excited to see what else you do. Thanks. I appreciate it. Appreciate the no opportunity. So, Lisa, uh, right. it's going to be a pleasure to meet yeah. you in Vegas uh, face-to-face. Uh, kind of a, you know, a very uh, very honored to do that, and I'll be there, and we'll kind of touch base on that on that night and the induction and everything else that's going to happen that night. Um but now you're into coaching and you're doing all these other things that are happening around you. So um, I don't know, 2020 is coming around the corner here. So I'm assuming the passion is, is gearing up for a, you know, another run. Yeah. We have a, a really promising, we had a couple of great tryouts and a lot of returning um, players. So this, you know, we, we're heading in, into a staff or a staff retreat. I have a staff retreat next week for the Y, but I, we have a team retreat this weekend at one of our camps up at Deer Valley. So it's going to be a good time just to go over some prelim playbook and just kind of start, you know, start building a new new season, new culture. So it'll be fun. Look forward All to right. some good, um, good, good stuff. Congratulations on your yardage. Uh, we haven't talked about it much uh, with everything else, but, that that's a huge accomplishment um, in terms of the amount of yards that you put up as a as a quarterback. But I I think a lot of people uh, that we talked to were more impressed with your wide receiver skills when you played that you know when you played a couple seasons at wide receiver because you were so talented there too so multi talented on both ends. Well I I I love playing both I, I started as a receiver before. We, the first season I tried out as a receiver, and I that's what I played growing up, so it was the natural thing. Um, that season that I played receiver, I actually I had some shoulder labrum issues, and I was commuting so from DC, so it was it was it was a great opportunity to still be involved and contribute. And you know, Janice, she, she's an amazing quarterback, so it was just it was a good. That season was pretty special in that I played a different role, but I still felt, you know, it was it was it was fun. Different, different lens yeah, to play receivers than, you know, have it on <laughs> as a quarterback. Little oh, easier. yeah. And, I mean, it's just it's a different <laughs> mindset also at the same time. So, it's it's kind of nice mm-hmm. that you have a multi-positional view. So, as a coach, does that benefit, you know, benefit you in a lot of ways because you can see both sides of the, of the transition? Oh, absolutely. Um, I can I can I understand what receivers are thinking and from certain from a lens even footwork and angles and and, and different techniques uh, from that season and just learning as I was going just from our coaches but uh, you know from a quarterback lens I you know I have some great coaches and it's 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 nice to transfer that knowledge uh, I'm still trying to learn more and what you know get you know I have a couple of mentors that I still reach out to um, but we um, Overall, it is, it's nice to know both positions and, and learn. You know, I've learned more about line the last two years than, than I ever, you know, as a coach, you got to know everything. And uh, I've learned a lot of, just from going to clinics, like Nike clinics and whatnot, just on blocking techniques and line and sure. coverage and stuff of that nature. So. 
All right. So before I let you go, we got to get the get it out of the way here. Uh, how do you want the fans in women's tackle football to remember you? Just basic sentence. How do, why, how do you how do you want to be remembered? So we describe Lisa Horton. How do Lisa Horton would like to be remembered? Um, that's 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 deep. <laughs> I'm all heart. It is like deep. I, I, every every game every game I played, I played with all my heart, and I you know. I, I played for the players, for our teammates, and, and that that when you go to a huddle and you know you look people in the eye and you you know you're playing for your teammates in that huddle and and everything else you're playing for a city as well. Um, it was just an honor and pleasure to play for Pittsburgh, um, but but more so the the winning as a team and playing with like going all out, um, sacrificing in the in the trenches for your team. That's I guess that you know playing with all my heart. So that's it. All right, Lisa, thank you very much for making the time. I will uh, be, be honored to see you in Vegas as uh, in the induction of the Women's Football Hall of Fame 2019 class. So congratulations, well-deserved, and uh, it's, it should be a great night in Las Vegas. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Lisa, thank you. Have a great night. All right, you too, guys. Thank you. All right, Holly, there you go. Uh, the legendary Lisa Horton from the Pittsburgh Passion, uh, IWFL uh, superstar, IWFA superstar, uh, one of the legendary players in the sport. Uh, when you put her uh, at the very top, you know, you, with Cahill, Hamlin, and a lot of other stars uh, in terms of, you know, the quarterback scope of things, uh, one of the best players that ever played that position. And, and even wide, as wide receiver, she played an amazing uh, you know, position as well. So kind of a, you know, transition for her. And how, how great is it if you're a Pittsburgh passion player right now to have right next to you, you know, a coach like her uh, who so successful in the game and made such an impact in the game right there as a, as a, a resource. I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I've said before, like one of the great things is people that, um, are at the end of their careers in our generation and having them stick around the game, whether it be in coaching or in the front office or as an owner of a team is really important for the sport. And so if you are on that team, definitely having somebody that has that knowledge that knows what you've been, what you're going through now, they've already been through it and somebody to talk to about those sort of things, it's invaluable. So it's really cool. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look back at the sport, um, and she's mentioning it, you know, the growth internationally, but overall in the this, in this States, we've always had a broken puzzle. And obviously the goal is, to her point, is, you know, at some point come together as one uh, entity uh, so that you can do sort of an NFL-like mentality where you put one umbrella on both conferences. And that would be an amazing thing to do. But, uh, you know, we still have a long, long way to go. Uh, in terms of trying to get to that, you know, to that bridge and put together. Um, let's go into the second huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Go to Zazzle.com, 15% off everything at Zazzle, 15% off. Use Zazzle, thanks. Check it out, hoodings, leggings, tees. You got your tee, right, Holly? I got my tee. Everybody's yeah. boarding it. We're, we're rocking it. Um, so go to Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for six years. Check it out and check, and check us out on Zazzle.com. Uh, you can do 
uh, for about 10 bucks a year. Zazzle Black, you get free shipping for 12 months. So it's a great deal there. So let's go into the second huddle with another 2019 Women's uh, Hall of Fame inductee, and that would be Coach Soho Tillman Brooks. And she's in the house here. Coach uh, Brooks, how you doing today? Oh, good, Oscar. How are you guys? How you doing? I, am I going to get you to talk today? Because I do have Holly here. We're going to have to pry some information <laughs> off of you or something. Hey, Coach. Hey, what's up, Joker? Uh, you, you'll get a little bit out of me, guys. <laughs> Just a tad, huh? Just a tad. All right. Yeah. Um, looking forward to meeting you in Vegas. Uh, making plans now to get there and be there. Um, but, uh, Coach, here you are um, going into the Hall of Fame, recognized with, by AFE as as well, but now here it is uh, in an umbrella. You're into the Women's uh, Hall of Fame. So how does it feel? Uh, same as last time, guys. Just another day at work. And uh, unfortunately, I won't be in Vegas. I'm already committed at that time to be somewhere else coaching, so I won't be there. Okay, well, maybe I'll get to see you in another in another time, but congratulations on the induction. And so Thanks, it's going to be a great time there, but when you get the notice, did, did you what did you what did you feel like? Get the notice, okay, Women's Hall of Fame here, and a lot of a lot of voting for you. Uh, well, you know, again, I, I appreciate it, but you you already know my answer to that. But uh, uh, I I don't know, guys. I don't know. Just another day at work, of course. You know, I guess uh, I've done enough to, for somebody to see a little bit of something. You know, but you know, I appreciate everything, Coach. Um, a lot of a lot of the class of last year was really excited to to be inducted because it sort of sets a foothold going forward uh, in terms of the amount of people that we still don't know about that have contributed to the sport to get it to this level. And we're talking back like right. you know the pioneers of the of the 70s, like right. the Toledo Troopers, um, the Houston Hur- Hurricanes, and then things like that. And then obviously the modern players, as we just talked to Lisa Horton and we got Allie Hamlin and all the the modern players of the last 10 years. And then, you know, we're, we're just waiting for the the new generation, right? This is a brand new generation right. coming up here. And then we have two leagues now competitive. So, uh, I mean, you've seen it all pretty much at this point. And, you, and now what you see, are you excited for 2020? We got two competitive leagues. We got some platforms to be in place. There's, there's, you know, competitive teams. Everybody wants to put a competitive product on the field. Um, that's got to excite you. Oh, of course. You know, um, as long as they have the opportunity to play this game, man, you can't help but be excited about it. You know, um, yeah, sooner or later, somebody's going to get it right. You know, but it, it takes a lot of uh, mistakes and whatnot to get that done, and it takes a lot of right things to get that done. So eventually, it's going to get to where it needs to be. But as long as these women have the opportunity to play, you can't help but be excited about it, guys. All right. Um, I'm going to have a Holly pick your brain here for a little bit. So, Holly. Oh, Joker. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Joker. How you doing, Bubba? Pretty good. Um, I don't know good. if everybody knows, but you've had a great year. You've gotten two inductions in one year. That might be that might be a record, Coach. <laughs> You would know, Joker. 
but uh, I'm really proud of you. You know, I think this is definitely deserved, and I, I'm glad that uh, you're getting, you know, both of these inductions, obviously. But I know that you've been around the game for for a while, um, and I just I kind of asked this of Lisa earlier. But what have you learned from football? What is what has football taught you? Patience. <laughs> A lot of patience um, for the most part and actually how strong women are from day one, you know. Um, You know, football just provides an opportunity for them to escape everyday life, you know, get out there Mm -hmm. and and get away from the stuff that actually stresses you out on a daily. And and it's not knocking on men or anything, but it's just certain things that women go through that guys don't even think about. So getting out there on the field, you get the – you know, get away from all of that crap and, and release it and just go about your business and have a good day, you know. Um, and football has a tendency to make people smile, you know. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when you get to hit people, right? Oh, well, of course. You have no idea. Well, yeah, you do have an idea, but, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now that you are on the on the coaching side, uh, how has that changed your your perception of football? Has that kind of changed how you approach the game, how you prepare? Um, what do you enjoy about the coaching aspect? I've just been around the folks that play. Um, the one thing that uh, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to do is just to actually look at the game in, in slow motion more or less and to understand certain things can't be, you know, ran into – like it's a wall, like you do on on the field when you're playing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is is slowed down pretty much. You, know, you you get a little more patient. You can't be as aggressive, you know, because you got like forty, fifty pairs of eyes on you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, being on the coaching side just just makes me or gives me the opportunity to appreciate what these women go through on the daily, you know, physically and whatnot, right. and the sacrifices that they make, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I've stuck around coaching for so long, you know, probably longer than I should have. But um, my thing is, is, as long as they have a face on the sideline that looks like them, they can be a little bit more comfortable. You know what I mean? And uh, right. the other side of that, the other side of that is, is all the female coaches who actually know enough about the game to coach the game. If they leave, then you know, players, you know, what are they left with then? You know, so. I try and stick around as much as I can just to let them know that they've got somebody on the sidelines that's uh, been through the same things that they have. That's awesome. Uh, what do you think, like, the biggest change that – what do you think the biggest change has been in the last, like, 10, 15 years of women's football as far as, like, the the talent level and the knowledge base that, that people are playing with? Oh, the talent and the knowledge has, has increased – Dramatically, I mean, drastically, basically, because you know they've gotten the opportunity to, to learn. You know, younger players are out there, so they get more years in. Versus, you know, when myself came in there, you know, I was a little older than the rest, so you know, went from playing to, to coaching because you know you get tired of paying those doctor bills, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so, but mainly, you know, they just yeah, the players now are, are much further along than than what we were back then, but. Um, and you, you can't take anything away from that. You just just sit back and like, well, crap. You know, they're learning. Let's keep pushing. You know. 
Oh, definitely. Uh, and then are you excited about your – are you uh, coaching down uh, in uh, Mexico in a, in a few weeks here? Yeah, I'm actually coaching uh, the women, and I'm coaching the men the following week. Awesome. I don't know if um, if everybody knew that uh, you got uh, – didn't you go down to Houston with the Texas as well or San Antonio? It was in San Antonio. San Antonio. And how was that experience? Yeah. It was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, a lot of those guys got a a big dose of uh, reality when they came to Texas in, in, what was it, August or July? Oh, that's awful. Yeah, when that that heat hit them, it was a different story, you know what I mean? But, no, guys Mm -hmm. are, guys, you know, I'm not being a a butthead or anything, but guys can be so much more, so so much more easier, you know what I mean? Um, Right. And that's only because you, you don't have to spend so much time on techniques and whatnot. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you have a little bit more fun, a little bit more downtime versus the women because they're literal and they actually make mm-hmm. you earn your paycheck or lack thereof because you actually have to coach them. Right, right. Is it true that, uh, you know, the the saying is like if you, if you ask a, a guy to do something and they just do it and if you ask a woman to do it, and they're like, well, why? And then they want to know why. Is that the case between uh, coaching men and women that you've seen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is true. But it's only, you know, because women are literal. And, you know, we know that. Yes. And it's like, you know, there's got to be a reason why, you know. Um, understanding mm-hmm. why you do something is, is how we're driven, you know what I mean? I'm not just going to do it because you right. told me to do it. I want to know why and what the results are. You know, so yeah, right. That's that's true. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, another question that I asked Lisa. And who is your pick to be in the Super Bowl? Oh my goodness, really? <laughs> yep, yep. It's that really? time of year. Is it the Texans, coach? Yeah. Is it the Texans? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> but no, and I'm I'm not from Texas, Oscar. I'm just a t- transplant, courtesy of the Uncle. Tom. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, but um, oh man, that that is a tough one because we're going to the second half of the season and everybody's you know picking their game up. So, ah, I really can't say it's a toss up right now. Uh, it I can tell you it won't be the Patriots though. It won't be the Patriots. Really, Joe? No, I don't think it will be. She okay. said it won't be. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, especially after what happened this weekend, I don't think so. They were exposed, so I don't think it's going to be them. Yeah. It's one I, game, I, coach. I hear, I hear that. They're not sure. going. They're not going to go down in one game. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's laughing. I made her laugh. See, I made her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? It happens from time That's to time awesome. Because, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's Coach, awesome. I don't I'm think you've so met Belichick you. yet. You haven't met <laughs> Belichick yet, I don't think. <laughs> I, I've heard about him. I, I, I've heard about him. I, I think something about a hoodie or something like that. But yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a good question, though. If you got if you got Soho in the room with Belichick, who would win a staring contest? Seriously, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think my money's on Soho. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the contest again? What was the question? The contest contest. is you have to sit in the room with Belichick and have a staring contest. Oh, he has no chance at all. 
<laughs> no, Jen. <laughs> My money would be in so. No, yeah, I'm on the train, so there's no chance at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right so I'm proud of you, um, uh, but I want to pass it back over to Oscar because I got to bounce. But uh, I hope all you right. have a lot of fun in in Mexico. Thanks, Joker. I hope to see you again. All right. All right, Bob. Well, uh, Coach, um, if you're as good as Belichick on the podium, then nobody's going to get any answers from you. <laughs> Sick at the yeah, podium. Just like, I'm walking quite. right out, right? You're like, I'm like, just saying, right? Like, <laughs> did you play lousy? What kind of question is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could see you already giving the answer back. Is this? A, are you a real right. reporter? Did you not watch the game? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm actually. Oh my god! Kid, I, am, I am sort of kind of like that, but yeah. You know, I'm just saying it's like he's like a one-liner, right? It's like he gives you the yeah. stare, or he's gonna just give you that liner, like, "Yes, we lost." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a look, guys. My players can tell you. I definitely have a look. Yeah. I, 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 the yeah. best one I like is uh, when he brought in uh, <laughs> when he brought in Brown, <laughs> and he says, he says, just another talented player on our team. <laughs> that was like awesome. Really? That was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no nonsense, right? It's like just a guy, another guy yeah. on the roster. No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, I could see you like that too. I was thinking. Yeah, sort of, kind of. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I, I hope you had a good time. I, I got I got some pointers from your friend to get you to talking, and I think we got you talking, got you smiling. So that's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's gonna be shocked when they listen to this, right? They're like, "What coach is actually having fun on the podcast? What happened here?" <laughs> having fun and actually talking. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, all right, uh, coach. Congratulations, as Holly said. Uh, uh, great, what a great honor. Um, and uh, we look forward to a lot more accolades from you. And you're doing a great job with the AFB on both sides, on the men's and the women's side. So continued success there. And then looking forward to the WFA 2020 season as well as, uh, you know, you're going to have field another competitive team there as well. So any tryouts that you want to shout out uh, you're still having or anything that's going on with the team that's going to be in the 2020 WFA season? Uh, well, actually, I'm back coaching with the Houston Energy. And uh, mm-hmm. I think for now, we're done for now. Probably have another one next month. But um, same old same. Man. Just pick up where we left off from last year, guys. All right, so Houston Energy coming strong in 2020. Uh, Coach, uh, thank you once again for coming on. I really appreciate you making the time, and congratulations again on your uh, induction into the 2019 class of the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Thanks, Oscar. I appreciate you. Nice talking to you again. Have safe travels, all right? Great. Have have a great night. You too. All right, guys, there you go. Coach uh, Sohol uh, Chanel Tillman-Brooks and – so I got her talking. I got her into bar mode, which is relaxing and everything else. And uh, so it was a really good time. And I uh, really love her coming on and making the time. And uh, what a deserving honor for her as well. She's done a great job uh, with not just the women's side, but the men's side as well. And she's evolved as a, um, an amazing coach in our sport and uh, getting ready for Houston Energy 2020. So we're looking forward to that and maybe chatting with her once again as we get closer to April and the summer, uh, girls' summer. And that is uh, the women's tackle football season in the U.S. 
uh, with the WFA. So check it out. Um, if you haven't uh, gone to the Women's Football Hall of Fame page, you can get the, her bio there as well and her story. So an amazing story there. And uh, just going to be, you know, Lisa Horton, what can you say? And then we got Coach Soho uh, Tillman Brooks here, just two amazing uh, athletes at that and also amazing uh, coaches now uh, contributing to the women's game and making it more impactful. So awesome job there. Um, we will not have the salty one coming in. Uh, apparently she's not going to be able to be, be able to make it in today. So we will be going into uh, college football talk right now, NFL. As we've got a couple games coming up here. And then we're going to kind of wrap it up in the women's uh, recaps as we got international action in the Czech Republic, Austria. Then we got, we got to talk about Grand Australia, Grand New South Wales, uh, Grand Victoria, and the hotbed of three weeks into the Mexican season, which is Lexfa and FX football. So just an amazing uh, time down south right now in the hotbed. Go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You can check out everything that's going on in the women's game. If you missed anything and you've ne- you haven't gone to the hub, you're missing out, and that's where the place to be. Thanks, everybody, for taking us over 7,200 strong. We are over 6,800 on Twitter, so really appreciate that. Um, and just an amazing job from everybody sharing, posting, and doing their job. You can go to the hub right now and check out week three results. Uh, courtesy of Lexfar Arena Football Mexico on Facebook. And you get the scores there as well and some of the top games that happened this weekend, uh, including Toritos Texcoto versus the Cowgirls. Uh, awesome photography by Daphne Pina as well. So she captures some of the moments there as well. And then you also get uh, the uh, Carneros versus Hornets. Great action in Mexico. And uh, the Gators taking on Gladiators. And then you go into uh, Austria as the season there in Austria, that the Hammers uh, give Telf Patriots their first loss with a 21-8 to victory. The Hammers finish the season at home November 10th against Salzburg Ducks. Get all the uh, photos there from Pixel Stories as well, courtesy of the Schwartz Hammers uh, Facebook page. Then you go into week four as well. Uh, Dragon, uh, The Dragons edge Telf Patriots. That was the week before that, 8-0. And we also got pictures there as well, courtesy of the Dragon Ladies via Facebook. You go into Gridiron, New South Wales. It was Sydney uh, taking the win against the Central West uh, Giants. It was a tough match. Two scores. Uh, it was a really good matchup game. So week 11, 26-6. Uh, that is the result as the North Sydney Rebels take down the uh, Central West Giants. And you can get that uh, score update there as well. You got recap highlights from the Women's Great Iron Football League of Costa Rica, the champion Bulldogs as well. And then there's a, a Tuesday Vibes, and that is uh, spotlighting Daniel Harvey. Uh, it was spotlighted by Jamia, and you can catch her story there as uh, Daniel Harvey, one of the uh, awesome players from the Los Angeles Temptation and Legends Football League pioneer, and she got spotlighted there by one of the uh, amazing, talented uh, journalists there and telling her story as well. Recap in week four. What an, an exciting recap over in uh, Italy as the uh, football feminine CIFFA uh, is in week four action. Aponia Unicorns uh, shut out the Serene Milano 26 to 0 in a very muddy and <laughs> very muddy match 
and you get the recap there from outsidersports.it, and you can read it up there as well in terms of the match. And then there's a cool um, story that came about uh, today uh, from people.com, spotlighting uh, 49ers assistant coach Katie Sowers. And so there's uh, Katie Sowers of the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, the 8-0 undefeated San Francisco 49ers. So really awesome uh, story there by people. And so it's uh, really exciting uh, to see her in action and on a successful team and in the coaching staff that is success. And so they got a tough matchup this coming week. Um, They got the Seattle Seahawks at home. Seattle coming off that 40-34 to win against Tampa Bay. It's going to be another uh, nail-biter, as Holly was mentioning here. Should be a very big matchup coming up here. We're looking into some of the college football um, questions for the committee coming up here, and we'll dive into that in a couple minutes here. But you can also go to the Hub and get the Week 10 Power Rankings as the unbeaten 49ers claim the top spot. The Ravens surprised the uh, Patriots in a great game if you missed it. It was a 37-20 victory at home um, for the Ravens, and the Power Rankings are right there. We'll kind of dive into those as well in a couple minutes here. And then you can go and check out the big article, uh, The Shaw Road to the Great Cup. Uh, we don't talk about Canadian football often, so most of the talk that we will have, it's going to be basically at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Supernova Beauties, keeping you in the know. Uh, who's going to hoist the historic oldest trophy in American football? And that would be the Grey Cup up north in Canada. Check it out by C- uh, CF- CFL.ca. You get the lowdown there, what's happening in the game in Canada up north. So uh, it's just an amazing uh, run, basically. Um, you can also get the spotlighted uh, feature on Andrea Douglas uh, from the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Andrea, um, we just talked to her a couple podcasts ago, legendary pioneer owner and a great, uh, awesome individual as well. So you check it out. I'm just kind of excited that I'm going to be in Vegas, and hopefully she's going to be there and we can meet her in person. And what an honor to meet her in person as well. And uh, lo- looking forward to that as well. Uh, there's a couple stories on the Hub. Uh, Barry Area Girl Takes Football to the Trenches. Uh, it's uh, Santa Clara High Senior uh, Rachel Blessing Game on her passion of football. And I was done by the MercuryNews.com. And then all the action this past weekend, week one of the Tornell Independence Football Lingerie League in Mexico. And that was uh, highlights of the Queens on Fire versus the Aguilas uh, from Cuauhtémoc. And then the other one is the Independence League, also Army, uh, the Death Army girls uh, taking on Red Devils AFC. That was also on to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. So if you haven't gone to the Facebook page, go there now and share our post, uh, like our post, and uh, bring awareness to the sport. Let everybody know to go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. So it's uh, amazing. Uh, all our network partners, we really appreciate them. They've done a great job of helping us out, and uh, they, do, they do that weekly because they love the sport and they want to bring attention to the sport. And so between us doing what we do and them providing what they provide for us, it's a great, awesome uh, time that we have, and we have a lot of network partners that uh, help us out as well, and they do a great job of just giving us information and giving us everything that we need to know on a week-to-week basis from the game. And we'll go into the women's recap in about 
uh, I'd say about 20 minutes or so, the last uh, 15 minutes of the hour, we'll dive into every section of the globe in terms of what's happening in the women's game. So power rankings are out, and the undefeated uh, 49ers, proven they're number one in the NFC, given their schedule um, at this point. So we'll go through the rankings. The Patriots fall this week, and we already knew it was going to be a tough battle, um, but in reality is the Ravens really exposed uh, Tom Brady and company. So the real question on Twitter was really is, was the Patriots' schedule a soft schedule? Well, the reality is yes, it is a soft schedule. The schedule that they played, mostly within their division, their division is pretty crappy. So uh, the next five opponents currently are at a 500 or better. So not that New England isn't legit. Obviously, they're legit because they've, they've proven it year in, year out. But Buffalo, only the decent, uh, semi-decent team in the first half that they basically faced. So the next five weeks or five opponents, uh, we will see what the Patriots are made of. It's really what it boils down to in terms of the power ranking. So you still would keep the Patriots at number one right now, considering they're only, they only got one loss. San Francisco, you could put in there uh, in certain power ranking polls. San Francisco jumps to one and others. San Francisco's two. Uh, USA Today has the San Francisco 49ers at three right now. The Saints are the ones that stand out. The return of Drew Brees uh, with a vengeance, and if Kamara can do some uh, the same on the other side uh, of the bye, so they look like they're the team that's going to be surprising everybody in the next five to six weeks here going forward. Uh, it could be New Orleans who stands out as the better team in the NFC, not to, you know, take away anything from San Francisco at this point, but you can probably start putting the conversation together for Boza as defensive rookie of the year. You really can. And maybe defensive player of the year. So he could have the dual honors uh, based on his performance so far. We will see what he does with a Russell Wilson. We'll see what he's able to do against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, this is the big test for the 49ers. Is Seattle going to be capable of tearing down San Francisco and giving them their first loss at home at Levi Stadium? And so that's going to be an exciting task there defensively. Uh, Russell Wilson has basically played pretty well, and he can put his, this team on his back. Uh, we don't know about Garoppolo putting this team on his back. Doesn't necessarily have to, considering he's got a two um, – Two running system, two running back system there with uh, Coleman and Brita, uh, and you know Merzette if you want to include a third running back there. Uh, Kittle questionable for this coming game, but you don't need Kittle. You got you just picked up Sanders. You got Goodwin. Um, you got defensive on the defensive side. You got the Beast. So this is going to be a great matchup coming up here. So the Niners uh, literally ranked number three in terms of the USA Trade USA Today picture in, in sports. Then the the Packers. Um, so the question is, you know, what wep what weapon Aaron Jones is becoming? So no no Packer, you know, in this era in the Super Bowl era has managed 159 yards in one game until he did it Sunday. So the run game a question mark there. Uh, if you leave it up to Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be capable enough to take this team? Uh, his hell mary fourth quarters, everything we already know that he's capable of pulling a game out. But this past weekend here, uh, the Chargers really exposed 
Green Bay and, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers even surprised me because I was thinking, okay, well, what happened? But they did get Melvin Gordon back. So that is kind of a plus for them. So they put up some big numbers there, 26 to 11. They take care of the Packers at Lambeau primarily. So the uh, NFC North now becomes a little bit more Minnesota's, uh, you know, to, to win, basically. Uh, so the Vikings as well here, they're going to get to face Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys coming off that uh, win, 37-18 to 18 against the New York Giants. Uh, hats off to Dallas for doing their job. Daniel Jones and company, uh, you know, Eli Manning 2.0. So that's what most of the Giants fans felt literally all night on Twitter. And so Dallas fans should be just happy that right there they get a win. Now they get to face the red-hot Minnesota Vikings. Um, So and and they get to face the defensive end, uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, So his 48 career sacks is a record for most ever for a player prior to his 25th birthday. There's a stat. So Cousins and company, Diggs, uh, Thielen's questionable. We don't know if he's going to return for this game, but they do have enough weapons in Cook as well. So Diggs and Cook can step up. It'll be a matter of Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, and Prescott and company, whether they're they're able to expose um, the Vikings in that sense. So the Ravens, coming off this huge win against New England. And Lamar Jackson is the only uh, 2018 first-round quarterback who has not faced New England yet, and there we are. Finally faced New England, and he puts up that big win. So the big win, 37-20, a convincing win for almost two quarters. This Ravens team really had the Patriots number, and they really exposed the secondary and the defense. The defense was touted as big time, and that's because through the first five, uh, first seven weeks or so, they really didn't play anybody even at 500. So that really, I don't know if you, you know, a lot of people gripe about that because they're going, New England schedule is really weak. Uh, they don't have the competition. They steamroll through seven weeks. They only got to play seven more weeks of above 500 teams, and then they make the playoffs, and then, it's a new season, and they just got to win four games, and they get in and, and all that. So if you're a Pats a hater, I guess, you really got to just go with that route. But in reality, um, they win it when it counts, and that's in the playoffs. So reality is that's what they are, um, and that's what they'll do. <laughs> I doubt that they're going to be any different. Um, as Coach uh, Sunell said here, uh, you know, Pats, they're just, you know, they're one of those teams that are really good. And they're they're really effective as well, so they do a really good job at that. So um, disappointing, I think, was the Colts because they're they're among the league's most mystifying teams week to week. They were improving. We talked about it with McKenzie last week. Yet Indy should roll to the AFC crown, but no, I was even a believer and said, hey, Indianapolis, not a problem. They're going to go ahead and go into Pittsburgh and. You know, Pascal and <laughs> Mac and company, they're going to go ahead and take care and take down Rudolph and Connor. And was I proven wrong? So the Colts path to the AFC South crown now becomes a, just a little bit more difficult, even though we were like penciling them in last week. And I know I was one of them and Mac was one of them. So 
a little bit different. Pittsburgh Steelers said, hey, now hold on here. They're in the north. They're trying to fight for that position well in the north with Baltimore. They're trying to be relevant at least to try to get to a wild card. Uh, so they, Pittsburgh Steelers haven't given up on their season yet, unlike the Bengals and the Browns that are probably already out at this point. The Texans, even with Clowney's absence, uh, Whitney uh, what's it, Mer- Merciless uh, put together a good game. But momentum without uh, J.J. Watts is one of the things that Houston is going to need uh, to kind of patch up and see where, you know, what they're able to do. But they take care of business against Jacksonville. They really, you know, 26-3. to Jacksonville really not that competitive of a team. They got a lot of issues there. So we're, we're looking at something that needs to change there. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that. That's just a mess. Anyways, uh, Texans move on. So the North between Indianapolis and the Texans, we're looking at one of these two teams really standing out. We, like I said, we talked about last week about the Colts maybe making their run, and it looks like uh, the Pittsburgh had Pittsburgh Steelers had other ideas, and here we are. Houston keeps continues to roll. Front runners in that in the South AFC South, I think that's where uh, the Texans are at right now. The Chiefs, crazy to think they've lost three straight at Arrowhead. I mean, it just blows you away. Just assume that they lost three at Arrowhead. Uh, yet all the all you know everything considered. Uh, pretty decent considering you have no Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Matt Moore uh, played a really good game. So Kansas City takes care of business, 26-23. It was a great uh, matchup there. And that's all they need from the backup quarterback at this point. They just need to keep things rolling, uh, just get some wins. They're not going to be that impressive, uh, of course, but they edge and they get the win, and that's all that matters. So the AFC um, West – is really Kansas City still, and L.A. and Oakland, uh, primarily Oakland, is really getting into some sort of groove here and trying to make a case for themselves into the playoff run. So they might even make a case here for some sort of a division run, but we won't know yet. we got a couple, you know, got another seven weeks to go here before that even uh, becomes a conversation. But the Chiefs get a win, and that's what they wanted to do. That's their goal, uh, get their quarterback healthy, uh, their main quarterback, healthy Mahomes, give him another week or two. If uh, Moore can, can contain this, he's gotten more than enough weapons between Hill and Kelsey. No, shouldn't be an issue at this point to try to get them, you know, a couple wins and stay in that hunt. Uh, Seattle. Um, so they lose the center, uh, Britt. Uh, major blow offensively going against the guy against the Niners Boza defense. That could be a problem coming up here against the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. Um, it'll be up to Russell Wilson and Lockett and and Metcalf. So the offense is going to have to step up. We don't know who the replacement for the center will be for Britt. So we'll look at, uh, you know, keep tabs on obviously the uh, updates and see who's going to be replacing um, that. But that could be a huge factor in terms of San Francisco versus Seattle. They're on the road at Levi Stadium. Um, so far, the Seahawks have played really good ball on the road. They're not so much at home, but they've played really good ball on the road. So the record is way better. The percentage is better for them to maybe pull the win out and give San Francisco their first loss. And we'll see if that happens at this point. Los Angeles on a bye. Uh, where is Gurley? That's what I'm asking. Every Rams fan is asking, where is Gurley? 
So at this point, uh, kind of worried in a way because we're still a decent ball and decent team. Uh, they're playing decent ball, decent team, but I don't know. I, I just a lot of questions mark for me right now in terms of where we're going to sit and where we're going to land. Um, considering Seattle and San Francisco will duke it out on Monday Night Football, we will see what the result is there. We got to keep it rolling. Hopefully, Golf, Gurley, and Cup keep it going at this point and uh, get just keep winning. That's all I need is wins. Let's get some wins going here. Uh, the, the Lions, Matthew Stafford is. Uh, probably having one of the best seasons of his career because of, you know, offense coordinator Bevel. But at this point, I don't know where they're going to stand. Uh, in the north, I think it's just they just got to play it out and see if they can maybe make a run. With Green Bay faulting here, maybe in the next couple of weeks, the schedule is going to get tougher. Um, the Bears are pretty much out of it. So uh, unless the Vikings kind of stumble somewhere, uh, Lions could get in if they play pretty good ball within the next three or four weeks. So it's just a matter of how bad do they want it, basically, at this point. And uh, we'll see if Stafford and company can turn it around. Dallas, um, Mayer is the only kicker in NFL history with three field goals of at least 60 yards. So Dallas against the Giants. What a game. I mean, it's just like Daniel Jones – between the two New York teams, this has become a disaster zone. Between the two New York teams, this is like horrible football. It's just like these franchises can't seem to draft correctly, can't seem to acquire general managers that, that are common sense and football savvy, and they can't seem to keep their quarterbacks upright. Or if they got their quarterbacks, their quarterbacks can't seem to hold on to the ball. So what a mess in Gotham City. What a mess. Uh, but overall – Dallas will be going up against Minnesota. Biggest test for the Cowboys. I really think this is a big test for the Cowboys. Uh, the Vikings, I think, are okay. They should be able to take care of business here. But the Cowboys, an issue here. Really a big issue. So can they take down the Minnesota Vikings? So the Minnesota Vikings really um, need to just, you know, come in, take care of business, do their thing. So that's going to be a, a really good game. Uh, the other game is on Thursday night, and that's going to be the Chargers taking on the Oakland Raiders. Oakland, with Gruden, starting to get momentum. There's momentum with John Gruden. Uh, you got Jacobs. You got the uh, Carr building it up. Williams. Okay, you, you got a little bit of momentum offensively. You got a weapon now that you can use. Defensively, they're pretty, they're pretty good. I mean, they're pretty decent in the middle. Uh, so at this point, it's a matter of Oakland trying to make a run with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, like I said before, you got to keep it going just with their backup quarterback, but they can make a run at this point. So Thursday night is going to be a great game. L.A. coming off the 26-11 uh, victory over Green Bay. And then Oakland coming off a nice win, edging Detroit and Matthew Stafford, 31-24. So it looks like that's going to be a case there. Uh, to be made in the AFC West. Uh, the Eagles haven't had a 100-yard rusher in two years, yet Philly ran much better than its air attack. So Ertz and company. But uh, overall, the Eagles really need to just start picking it up. The division is really Dallas's to win now. Uh, it's a matter of whether the Eagles want to make a claim for that as well. So we'll see how that turns out, especially with Wentz and company. Uh, the Panthers... If Kyle Allen 
is if he struggles against the next top 10 defense, which he faces the Titans next week, um, I mean, they, 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 get the, they get the win. I mean, they, they get the win. So he didn't do that bad, but he has struggled. Uh, so, but he's managing the ball. So he got, he got the win, 30-20 to 20 against Tennessee. And we'll see how, you know, he turns out that way. But the Bills, at this point, um, they won't face a team with a winning record until week 14, which is Baltimore. So there's opportunities for the Bills to get a couple wins. If they can muster a couple wins, that would be nice. But overall, that's, that's where the, the power rankings are at in terms of who's where. And then Miami gets their first win. On top of all that this week, the Miami Dolphins end up getting their first win. So congratulations to Miami for doing their part. Uh, I mean, getting that big win. But overall, I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, coming into the game, I mean, you wouldn't think that Miami was going to get a win, but Miami took care of business. Uh, and it was 26-18, Fitzpatrick against, well, against the Jets within the division. It's expected, I guess. You really had to expect that within the the division at this point. So it really was kind of like the toilet bowl in a way. Uh, between the Dolphins and Jets, it should have been built a toilet bowl too. Uh, Jets have, you know, Donald, Levin, Bell, Jamal Adams, Miami's improved defense. But Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, takes the Dolphins to their first victory of the season. So there we are. We're, everybody should be happy at this point. So I'm looking forward to next weekend. This weekend, um, Thursday night, the Chargers against the Raiders. Then we got Sunday night, Minnesota against Dallas. Then we got Monday night, Seattle versus San Francisco. So our two co-hosts, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, really going to be watching Sunday night football. And then Monday night, obviously, Holly Custis getting ready to see if the uh, nearby home team that she's living around is going to take down the 49ers or will the Niners go to 9-0. So Russell Wilson, tough to beat. We'll see if he does that. Um, you know, he took care of business. Uh, against the Buccaneers, 30th ranked scoring defense in the Buccaneers. So we'll see how that turns out in terms of this past weekend, this next weekend coming up here. So uh, let's go to the college football scene at this point, and then we're going to wrap up with the women's recaps in the last 15 minutes of the uh, of this half hour. And uh, so a reminder, you go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, um, 15% off. You can use the code Zazzle. Thanks. Check out our stuff. Uh, free shipping if you subscribe to Zazzle Black. Zazzle has been our sponsor for almost uh, six years. Help us, help them, and uh, that way they can bring awareness to the women's game. Uh, hashtag No Joke Football is our gear. Check it out. Get the No Joke Football gear at Zazzle.com forward slash Career Beauties and use the code Zazzle Thanks for 15% off as well. Uh, we are approaching 300 episodes. Uh, we got 297 in the books today. 298, 299, and 300. Our 300th episode will happen right before Christmas, uh, first before the December. So I want to thank everybody that's listened to the podcast, everybody that has subscribed to our Apple podcast, to our TuneIn uh, app, through our Player FM, through iHeart, and also right here on Black Talk Radio. So we are reaching everybody, um, Australia. We're reaching the United Kingdom. 
We are reaching over in Gridiron, uh, Grand, with Australia, uh, United Kingdom. We got reaching Mexico now. Uh, Germany, we're reaching in Europe. Uh, we are also reaching up in Canada. And so thank you, everybody, for listening, for sharing, and for letting everybody um, made aware that we do have the podcast. Week Every week, we're talking NFL, college football, and as well, the women's football recap from every notes and also any big news that's happening in the women's game. And you can also go to Twitter, the number one Twitter source for women's American football, and that is on Twitter, and that's at Gridiron Beauty. And check it out there. You get the lowdown every week of everything that's happening in not just the women's game, but also in college football and in the NFL. And, you know, everything that's happening in terms of updates, uh, in terms of the international scene with the women. And then when in season in the United States, including Canada with the WWCFL, also the MWFL, and then the WFA and WNFC plus USWCFL, and all the other leagues that we cover in the States. So you should check us out at Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. All right. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the uh, talented uh, No Joke Football athletes that we have. You guys can go to the Facebook page at No Joke Football Brand on Facebook, and you can go to Instagram at No Joke Football Brand as well. Thanks to uh, Christy Moran and Lauren Evans at Gr- from Gridiron Queensland sporting our stuff out there. Lexi Demio of the Sin Trojans of the WFA. Stacey Jackman of the Legends Football League Seattle Miss. Uh, and currently, we are going to be having a couple more announcements. Michelle Marshall, you can you always get to watch her. Lonnie Lopez and our Garza. So we got amazing athletes sporting our No Joke Football brand uh, all over the globe, from Mexico, Europe, and everywhere else. So thank you to all the amazing athletes that are entrusted with us to bring attention and awareness to the sport of women's American football, including uh, Phoebe Sketcher out there in the UK. And we have a lot of other youth uh, talented athletes coming on board as well, like Carly Harmon. Uh, and also we have Brooke Leash before that. And we had Elizabeth Crisante. And now we have Jarrah Floyd coming on board as well. Uh, so a lot of talented athletes. And you go to the No Joke Football page on Facebook and check it out. And you can go to at No Joke Football on Twitter and you get all the lowdown of everything that's happening with the brand and everything that's going on with the brand. So uh, Women's Football Hall of Fame is going to happen on December 4th through the 8th. Um, if, you haven't, if you haven't got your tickets yet, go to the Women's, po- uh, Women's Football Hall of Fame. Get the details in terms of the hotel and how to get there and be there as we uh, put together the Women's uh, Football Hall of Fame 2000 cl- 2019 class induction. That's going to be in Las Vegas. Looking forward to it. I couldn't make the original one at this point uh, because of other concerns that are happening, but I'm really excited to go to the uh, Friday night and get to watch the game East and West on Saturday. Um, Checking it out there as well. So don't forget, go to Women's uh, Women's Football Hall of Fame on Facebook to do that. All right, so let's go into the college game. So week week nine just wrapped up in the college uh, game. Uh, So week 10, as they prepare for the final push of the season, so the battle between number six, Florida, and number eight, Georgia, and Jacksonville headlines a weekend that starts with uh, Baylor and Appalachian State. They'll playing home games on Thursday night, rolls into Saturday. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting matchup here. So uh, North, number six, Florida, against number eight, Georgia. Uh, the battle between one-loss SEC East rivals, 
will determine the favorite in the division heading into the final month of the season. Both teams are off a bye and a must-win mode in order to keep their college football playoffs hopes alive. So at this point, it's surprising to see the Bulldogs uh, as nearly a touchdown favorite despite losing an average uh, to an average South Carolina team earlier in the month. Then number seven, Oregon at USC. The Ducks will likely have to win out in order to have a shot at the college football playoffs, while the Trojans have to get a win in order to keep pace in the Pac-12 South. They already sprung an upset on Utah earlier in the year, and a similar performance could send shockwaves to the conference at this point. And then number nine, Utah at Washington. The Huskies at home, underdogs to a youth team that has been on fire since suffering their lone defeat. Uh, can quarterback Huntley outdo a Washington slinger, uh, Jacob Easton, in a game that features two solid defenses? It should be a fun one in the Pacific Northwest. Then number 15, uh, SMU at number 24, Memphis. The Tigers escaped the clutches of Tulsa on Saturday night and will play host to an unblemished Mustang team in the midst of its best season since receiving the death penalty in the late 80s. And Memphis' win would make the AAC West a blurry mess, while the SMU win would go a long way to securing their first division title in about four years. Uh, the more, more games of note, Old Miss at number 11. The Tigers will return home after coming up short against LSU and Death Valley. Two conference losses essentially eliminates them from the college football consideration. But a New Year's Six Bowl is still within their reach. So Vegas doesn't – Vegas feels that they're basically capable of bouncing back in a big way for a stretch run. So there you go. West Virginia at number 12, Baylor. The Bears keep rolling along and sit along top of the Big 12 standings. Um, it is a, you know, pretty pretty decent game for them on both sides. You have number 14, Michigan and Maryland. The Wolverines get back to back, uh, back on track with a thorough destruction of Notre Dame at home, but will hit the road to take on a Terrapin squad that has fallen on hard times. Division title aspirations are probably gone for Jim Harbaugh, but given his win, he could do a return trip to the New Year's six bowls. Um, you also have Virginia Tech at number 16, Notre Dame. Obviously, Notre Dame coming off that uh, loss. Couldn't do anything but last weekend against Michigan, but clearly hasn't affected how oddsmakers look at them. So this is just uh, – we'll see how they react here in terms of a win against Virginia Tech if they can rebound. Number 18, Cincinnati against East Carolina. The Bearcats have been in the thick of the group of five automatic qualifier spot all season. And keeping that momentum going in the final month of the season is going to be a must. A division title is within the reach, but we've seen double-digit favorites lose in each of the last three weeks. So we'll see if Cincinnati can maintain their ranking here on the 18th. So then you got Georgia Southern at number 20, Appalachian State. Mountaineers keep cruising along with an unblemished record and could become the first Sun Belt team to make a six-year six bowl, a New Year's six bowl, uh, if everything goes right for them. So. We'll see how that pans out for them. Boise State at San Jose State. The Broncos had a week of to lick off their wounds after dropping a shocker to BYU. So we'll see how they fare here against San Jose State. Number 22, Kansas at Kansas. Wildcats just shocked undefeated Oklahoma, while the Jayhawks pulled up a miracle win versus Texas Tech. So two good games there. So the automakers seem to think that this rival will come down to the wire. Kansas is only a single-digit underdog against a ranked team. So we'll see who gets the win here between Kansas State and Kansas. Um, the uh, the best of the the best of the rest, it's going to be NC State at number 23, Wake 
Wake Forest. Then you got Houston at USC, uh, UFC, TCU at Oklahoma State, Colorado at my Pittsburgh UCLA squad that's out there already. So um, that's literally the college, the college lowdown at this point. Um, it's it's kind of exciting. I don't have Troy here, so Troy's usually more excited than I am in terms of college football and what the breakdown is. But the you know college football playoffs bowl projections at this point. I mean, you would think this is this is going to happen, but I mean, uh, the Sooners' 48-41 shootout loss at Kansas poked the poked the big hole in the Big 12 playoff hole. There, um, you you got you know every conference is up for grabs now. So uh, the college football bowl projections for the 2019 season after what uh, week nine. So just playing a little bit a little bit courtesy of 24/7 Sports. You can follow them on Twitter at. 27, 24 7 sports as well. Uh, Frisco Bowl, they're predicting it will be Temple uh, Temple versus North Texas. The Bahamas Bowl should be a Miami of Ohio against FAU. New Mexico Bowl, Louisiana Tech versus San Diego State. Pure Bowl, Navy against Arkansas. So a lot of the bowls that are non relevant, some of the teams are picking. So it's kind of interesting to kind of dive into like where the rest of the teams are going to fall in terms of a bowl appearance and whether they're going to be able to make a bowl appearance at this point. But there's a lot of bowls that make up the difference there for them. So several high-profile ACC teams will fall short of the group of fives. New Year's six bid wind up here with SMU playing Virginia Tech in the military bowl, as an example. Uh, And then a lot of bowls that I wasn't even aware of in terms of until Troy kind of like, you know, made it happen for me and like, hey, this is what's going to happen. So projections or projected matchup right now, the Camping World Bowl would be Notre Dame against Texas. So primarily an a- ACC Big 12 spot. The Camping World Bowl will make a serious play for Notre Dame since the Irish will be out of the New Year's Six, uh, more than likely, and available here. So that leaves an array of Big 12 teams uh, behind potential one and two finishers, Oklahoma and Baylor, to kind of show up in Orlando. Then you have the Al- uh, Alamo Bowl. It would be Kansas State versus Utah. Projection. So Kansas State moves into one of the Big 12's premier bowl spots against Pac-12 runner-up in San Antonio. That would be a good one there. So Kansas State against Utah. Utah much improved this year. A lot of good things with uh, with a Pac-12 title. If the Utes finish with a long lone blemish, that would be a great contest there as well. The Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Iowa against Washington. Washington squandered a major opportunity to move up in the Pac-12's pecking order with its recent loss to Oregon. After blowing a second-half lead, it's been a disappointing season for the Huskies, who figure to be in the conference championship race, but are now playing out the stretch, hoping to get nine wins. The Belk Bowl in Charlotte, we're not even going to talk about that. Uh, Citrus Bowl, Minnesota against Auburn, that's the predicted there. You got Outback Outback Bowl, Wisconsin versus Texas. Gator Bowl, Michigan versus Mississippi State. So the Wolverines are temporarily back in the limelight after a momentum change over Notre Dame. With a strong finish, um, the Wolverines could play in a New Year's Six game, but that would likely mean the Big Ten is left home from the playoff with some surprises in November. So really critical how the college football playoff committee is going to work in terms of where everybody lands. So we're going to keep tabs on that and kind of get you going on those as well. So um, at this point, it's just going to be a matter of who – uh, lands where, and we'll keep tabs on it with Mackenzie, myself, and everybody else. Uh, we'll be talking about it in the first hour or the second hour of every podcast. So 
let's go to the women's games recaps here since we got about 15 minutes uh, and then we got to get out of here. But uh, thanks for uh, Lisa Horton coming in and also Coach uh, Soho uh, Chanel Tillman Brooks for coming in and uh, Holly Custis. And so it's going to be a great, great uh, event, the Women's uh, Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, the 2019 class of inductees. You can get the list there at the Facebook page at Women's Football Hall of Fame. All right. Start out of breath at this point. Uh, so let's go talk to the women's game here. So we go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica, week seven on October 27th. The Bulldogs 20-16 to 16 against Valkyrias. So we got about uh, three weeks, two weeks left in the season here in Costa Rica. Uh, we will get the update and results from Valkyrias versus Goddesses as we get them updated uh, from Valkyrias. And then we got one more week after that, November 10th, which is this week. Goddesses taking on Bulldogs. The champs will finish strong. The championship will happen on the 24th. Playoffs will be on the 17th. So we'll give you everything that you need to know at the hub at facebook.com forward slash bread and beauties. We'll go to uh, Czech Republic, and this is where it's at, the championship, Rose Bowl 5. And well, congratulations to the Warsaw Sirens out there for making a great season. First year in the Czech Republic, and they are in sitting at Rose Bowl 5 up against the best team in the Czech Republic, which is the Brno Amazons. And you can watch it exclusively. Uh, at the Facebook page, at the hub, via our network partners, Fox Agency, and courtesy of Berno Amazons as well. So Berno Amazons taking on Warsaw Sirens. That'll be November 10th, Rose Bowl 5, and Berno going for their fourth championship in a row. Um, so it looks to me like if if the Warsaw Sirens pull this off, this is going to be a huge upset in Europe. This is going to be a huge upset in the Czech Republic. Uh, I don't think you want to end, underestimate. They played really good during the season. The first game that Warsaw played against uh, Brno, the Brno Amazons at this point, they were very competitive in both matches. So the last match they had was 53-44, to 44, but the Warsaw Sirens were leading. You can also get the recap of that game at the hub at facebook.com forward slash square down beauties. That was week six, courtesy also of Fox Agency. So 53-44. And uh, Warsaw was leading, and then Berno came back um, to kind of put it away in a little bit. And then you also had some tough battles. So Warsaw's sirens are really battle-tested. And the first, uh, the second match that they faced was 56 to 19. Ever since then, they've improved. So they know what's up, what's up for grabs, and that is the championship. And what an impressive uh, thing to do if they can't take down the Berno Amazons on the biggest stage in the Czech Republic. So that'll be a great, great accomplishment for the Warsaw Sirens. And if you go to Gridiron Victoria as well, uh, it was going to be week eight, November 3rd. Croydon takes down Melbourne, 18 to six. Melbourne one falls to one and four. Croydon two and three. Then you have the West, uh, Western Crusaders, the champions, improved to four and two as they shut out Geelong Bucks, 21 to zero, and Bucks fall to one and four. The matchup's coming up here week 9, November 9th and the 10th. We're looking at Melbourne taking on Croydon. It's a rematch of this past weekend. We'll see if the Melbourne Royals can uh, rebound against the Croydon Rangers. Then we get the champ, uh, the uh, current hotbed and the best team in Gridiron Victoria, which is the Northern Raiders. They were taking on the champs once again. This is a rematch of the week uh, 6, as my notes would say. Yeah, week 6 rematch. 
Northern Raiders, 54-34 against Western Crusaders. Um, the Crusaders would love nothing more than to put a blemish on the Northern Raiders. Uh, and then going into week 10, it's going to be uh, just another week to go. And then week 20, uh, week 11, November 24th as well, that's when the season ends and the Vic Bowl will start. So it's a great season right there in Great Iron Victoria. So Melbourne versus Croydon this weekend, Northern Raiders taking on the Crusaders, a rematch of the two top teams in Great Iron Victoria. So don't miss it. We should get coverage, hopefully, by Northern Raiders or Western Crusaders, uh, either on video or we're going to get highlights as well from them. So looking forward to that. You also have Great Iron Queensland. The season, uh, Week 12 ended. Thunder, 42-0, to zero, shut out the Raptors. Um, you know, hats off to the Raptors for playing amazing ball all season and trying to stay afloat. Uh, but uh, overall, they got a lot of work to do for 2020. So congratulations to the Thunder. What an amazing season. Congratulations to our no-joke football athlete, Amanda Ewers, out there in Gridiron, Queensland. What an amazing job she's done, coach, player, et cetera. She's done a great job. So shouts out to her. We got one step closer to the Sun Bowl. And then they're basically going to be taking on Either the, the Bayside Ravens, I believe, is the team they're going to be taking on. Ravens, 16-6 to over Stingrays. Both of our athletes, uh, Christy Moran and Lauren Evans, matched up. What an amazing job by Christy Moran out there and Lauren Evans on that game. So you can watch that game as well, uh, courtesy of Live Brisbane at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Ravens versus Stingrays, courtesy of Live Brisbane. And um, – Gridiron Queensland there. So last last week of the, of the season there, we're getting ready for the Sun Bowl. As soon as that comes up, we will bring it to you at the hub at facebook.com. All right, Gridiron New South Wales, longer season for Gridiron New South Wales goes through uh, November 23rd. So we're looking forward to that as well. Week 11, uh, that was the November 2nd, Central West loses to North Sydney uh, Rebels 26-6. UNSW um, shuts out UTS, and then this coming weekend, week 12, on the 9th, it will be Central West trying to rebound against UTS. UTS looking for their first win against Central West. Uh, Neopone taking on CC Sharks, and then Sydney champions taking on UNSW, and looks like UNSW looking to just put a another loss onto Sydney. It's a big battle there for them. Sydney four and one, and US uh, UNSW is I believe even at three and three. So be great. Great uh, matchups coming up here. Central West versus UTS. Neopon against CC Sharks and Sydney versus UNSW. Uh, as Austria, we head into the last stretch of the season. We get into week five, uh, October 26th. Budapest loses to Dacia, the best team in uh, Austria. Dacia Vikings, 62-0. And then Schwartz um, Hammers defeated the Telf Patriots, 21-8. Telf was coming off a tough uh, win against the Danube Dragons, 8-0. to zero. You get the uh, headlines and coverage there, highlights of the Telf versus Danube at the Facebook page as well at the Hub. And you can also get the coverage there from Schwartz Telf on the highlights from the 21-8 victory as well. One more week left, week six. Danube taking on Budapest. It's a battle here of 1-3 and three and a battle of 0-3. Oh Who's going to get the win here? Winless teams, uh, one winless team, one one win team and then Schwartz coming off that great 21 to 8 victory here uh against uh, Telf and then coming off another victory the previous week against Budapest Schwartz taking on Salzburg Ducks 
Salzburgs hasn't played in about I believe two weeks, and they had got they got smacked fifty eight to zero as well. So we'll see how the outcome there goes, and then we will get ready for the playoffs in Austria as well. So that's going to be heating up as well over in Austria. So let's go into Italy and what a mud fest it happened in Italy. You get the recap there of uh, courtesy at the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Baron Beauties. On November 2nd, Aponia Unicorns uh, shout out the Seaman uh, Milan 26 to zero. Uh, we're looking forward to week five here in the Italian uh, championship on the FIDAF, uh, CIFF. Uh, Seaman Milan will take on the Pirates Savona and the Aponia Unicorns looking for back-to-back wins here, making it three in a row uh, against Braves Bologna. And so we'll see how those two fare as well. Uh, one more week left after that, week six, November 23rd. And then we get the semifinals in uh, December, middle of December. And the final will be January 5th uh, in, in 2020. So we're looking forward to the Italian final there after um, November season as well. Um, FX Mexico, we had week three. Thunder Girls uh, lose to the Raiders, 18-3. to Then we had Vietnamina, Vietnaminas loses to Dragon Rojas, 21-0. Rockets, 13-6 over Horta Dorada. Bulldogs, 14-0 over Panthers. And Leonas AC routing, 48-6 over Demonias. We will uh, get you updated on week four at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Baron Beauties. And then over, over in Lexfa, this past weekend, you get to see the action as well, courtesy of Lexfa on our Facebook page. Uh, Carneros uh, fall 26 to 8 versus the Hornets. Uh, the Thunder Girls 42 to 20 defeated the uh, Chiefs. And then you have Valkyrias 26 to 6 over the Rangers. Gators fall 18 to 12 over Gladiores. Harlequin, 33-21 uh, over Aztecas. Toritos fall 25-6 to over Cowgirls. Uh, Stormtroopers shut, get shut out 26-0 to versus the Halican Rhinos. So at this point, you got a couple undefeated teams in Lexfam, Valkyrius 2-0, Harlequin 2-0, and Cowgirls 2-0. So it's a really, really uh, early season here. We're looking forward to week four. As soon as the uh, Lexfam puts out their week four schedule, we will update you on everything that's happening in that realm of the world. And in Brazil, we'll recap that. We got we got the championship in Brazil, uh, playoffs in Brazil, Group B. It's going to happen in Brasilia versus Curitiba Silverhawks, November 10th, and we'll get the results as well from that and uh, on the Facebook page as well. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. What an amazing show today. We had uh, two uh, Hall of Famers and Coach uh, Soho Chanel Brooks and then we also had the legendary quarterback and championship quarterback, Lisa Horton of the Pittsburgh Passion, WF, IWFA and uh, WFA All-Star, uh, All-American as well, and champion. And uh, what, what a, you know, two individuals uh, deserving to go into the Hall of Fame. And going forward here in the next, next week and the weeks to come here, we are going to try to spotlight two or three of these Hall of Famers so you can listen to their story. Pay, atten- uh, pay attention to what their knowledge is, where they're at now. Uh, Lisa's in coaching now. You have Coach Chanel, who obviously played a little bit, and now she's a coach, and she's doing amazing things with just football in general, um, with AF- a- AFE, and helping them out as well. And then she's on the Houston Energy for WFA 2020. So really awesome job, both of them, that have kind of just paved the way to where we're at. Um, check out the WNFCfootball.com. 
and you can go subscribe to WNFC on the go, um, courtesy of YouTube America. And it's about 10 bucks. So make sure you subscribe before the season kicks off, get an early subscription and get ready for the 2020 WNFC football season. That's going to come up in April here. Off-season tryouts are there now. You can go to WNFCfootball.com and get the latest listings of teams and where you can um, match up with the team regionally or uh, where they're at and where they're located, about 20 teams. You can always go to WFAProFootball.com, WFAProFootball.com, over 60 teams. There should be a team near you, and you can always connect with them via email, Facebook, Instagram, and get information on tryouts and what's happening in the WFA as we get into and gear up for the 2020 season. And then you also get USWSFL, USWSFLfootball.com, or you can go to directly to the United States Football League, and that's in the uh, East Coast area. And then we got other leagues that we cover as well, and as things come up, you can get everything, the lowdown, insights, stories, and recaps right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. So you guys have been listening to the best podcast in the global scheme of things, talking Women's American Football and NFL Weekly. And that is us on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, and on Block Talk Radio as well, and Apple Podcasts. So thanks for making us one of the best resources out there for women's American football. So check us out on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty, and don't forget to go to the Hub. So for the absent Mackenzie Brooks um, and Holly Custis coming in, thanks to Holly coming in, and thank you for Lisa Horton and Coach Chanel Brooks coming in here. Um, we'll see you here for 298 as we get into the week. 10 in the NFL, week 11 in college football, and we're going to be diving into who won in Czech Republic, who's taking care of business in Austria, and week four in uh, FX Mexico, and week four in Lexfa as well. So exciting times coming up. So share it, share our podcast, and we'll catch you here next week on the Gridiron Blitz right here on Black Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. Have a great night, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.